Beautiful daf, daf Lamites. We're up to page 39 in Meseches Beya, second to last daf. We bless Hashem. We'll be completing the Mesechta tomorrow with Hashem's help. We are up to the Mishnah, 10 lines from the top of the daf. There are actually three Mishnayas on today's daf, but we're going to stop before the third. The third Mishnah is towards the end of the daf, and Bez Hashem, we will pick up um, on the last daf, which it really only has daf mem, only has like an Amad Aleph and a little bit of Amad Bey, so we'll, we'll uh, hold it by the last Mishnah of today's daf. So we have two Mishnayas ahead of us, and uh, these two Mishnayas continue to focus on the laws of Tchum. Okay, where you're allowed to take something. Previously, we just wrapped up the sugya of partners, right? We discussed in particular, the Mishnah gave us a situation where if I'm making a dough, but I borrowed certain ingredients like the water, the salt, do those ingredients now become bottled to my dough and they take on my tchum? Or do they retain the, um, or do they retain the tchum of the original owners despite the fact that they were moved into the dough? So we ended up with that fascinating uh, uh, shaila. And now we continue on in Hochus Tchum discussing coal and fire. All right, now I find this to be very interesting. And, uh, you know, everything obviously has a rhyme and a reason. But as we know, why do we make Bari Maria Esh on a Matzei Shabbos? This is what I find fascinating. We're learning this mission on a Matzei Shabbos. We make Bari Maria Esh on a Matzei Shabbos because fire was not created during Sheshes Yemei Breshes. Fire was created on Matzei Shabbos. As Shabbos was ending and going back into Yom Rishon, going back into the first day. So that's when um, uh, that's when uh, fire was created. Now, why wasn't fire created during the six days of creation? Why not? So there's many, uh, many uh, answers. One practical thing to point out, which is Negea to our Mishnah, is that fire is not a physical thing that you can touch. It's a physical in that you can feel. It's not physical that you can touch. You can't touch a fire, but you feel fire. Right? It's kind of, fire is kind of like a message about, uh, about Eilam Haba. Right? You know something exists... It's ruchnius, it's spirituality. You can't touch it, but you can feel it. You can't hold it, you can feel it. Our mission is going to get into carrying coals on Shabbos and Yom Tif. And but what about and, and carrying a flame? What happens if you have a flame on Yom Tif and I light up from that flame? Is my flame now limited to your tchum because it came from your flame? Or do we say that a flame really is nothing... Fi- I'm not carrying anything. What am I carrying after all? Right? Sh- show me. Can you touch it? So we have a fascinating conversation. Beautiful, beautiful Mishnah and Gemara. Here we go. Zokta Mishnah. Hagachelas Karaglia Bailam. Hot coals are like the legs of the owner, meaning it's limited to the tchum of the owner of the coals. But a flame could be taken anywhere. 
by anybody, as long as they're allowed to go within that chum, within those borders and boundaries, a flame could come with you. A flame is not owned by anybody because it cannot be touched. Hot coals of hektish. If somebody uses the hot coals, there's a transgression of me'ila, which we're familiar with, right? Using something that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, belongs to hektish for a personal use, is me'ila, is an avera. But as far as a flame itself, the fire itself, you're not allowed to get hana, but there's also no me'ila if you do. Because, again, you can, you're not supposed to get benefit from it, but Lemaisa, you can't touch it. It's not, it's not a tangible, and therefore, there's, there, it's usher to do, but there's no me'ila. Okay. Somebody who carries a hot coal into a public domain from a private domain is chayav. If you carry a flame, you're putter. Because again, what are you carrying? Nothing. You can't touch the flame. Ask me the obvious question. You ever see a flame hanging by itself? Can a flame just hang in the air? What does the Mishnah mean when it says, if you carry a hot coal, chayev. If you just carry a flame, putter, because you can't touch it. When did you ever see a flame with nothing else? Right? So Gemara is going to be bothered by this. And uh, ultimately, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I, you're saying uh, it's kind of like you go to these fancy restaurants and they light, uh, they light the donut uh, with, with edible alcohol, light it on fire, and now you got like, you know, okay, very good. Or you have a flamethrower. Yeah, very good. Very good. It's a good, it's a good zach. But the Gemara ultimately is going to, it's going to be quick. The Gemara is going to say, taste you could have a shaykes. And the Gemara will give a similar thing to what you're saying. And the Gemara is going to say that perhaps he was carrying a very small match that was less than the shear of Eitzah. Right? Okay. But yeah, a similar zach to uh, a similar type of answer to what you're saying. That somehow this flame is existing on something else that's mutter. Beautiful. All right. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabban, the Rabbis, Dern, Soshui, Hamishat, Varam, Namru, Begachelas. There's five halachos about uh, concerning a coal. First of all, a coal is limited to the tchum of the owner. But a flame is not limited to the tchum of the owner. There's a transgression of me'ila if you use it for your personal benefit. But a flame, you're not allowed to do, but also So far, this was our mission. We're good, yeah? Okay. So this is a new halacha, not listed in our Mishnah. A kol of Avayda Zara Asura. The kol itself is usher to use. Mishal Heves Muteres. But the flame itself is mutter to benefit from. Interesting that you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to use the flame of Hekdish, but you're allowed to use the flame of Avayda Zara. Hamaitzi Gachelish the Shusharabim Chayev. Halacha number four is if you carry a kol to Shusharabim Yachayev, Mishal Heves Potter. Good with our Mishnah. This was not listed in our Mishnah. A person who says, I'm not going to get any sort of benefit from my friend, I say, I swear, I'm, never, I'm not benefiting from anything that my friend has. So I'm not allowed to benefit from his coals. However, it is permitted, it is permitted 
to get benefit from the flame because he can't, it's, it's not tangible. You can't touch it. So he never really owns it. And therefore, I'm still permitted to get benefit from it. Zog de Gemara. First of all, why is the flame, again, what's unique about a flame is that it's not tangible. You can't touch it. You can't hold it by itself. Why is it permitted to benefit from the flame of Avedizara? But you're not allowed to benefit from the flame of Hektish. Both of them in general are Asur Bahana. You're not allowed to benefit. So why a flame of Avedizara? Yeah, says the Gemara, an interesting answer. Avedizara de Meis of in Shemina. Avaidazara, where people are like, ich, yeah, on Shuldik's I don't want anything to do with Avaidazara. Like Gazru Barabanan, the Rabbanan did not need to make a gzera about its flame. Oh, if we allow the flame, you might come to use the coals. People stay away from it. However, Hektish, Delaymos, Velaybadili, and Shimine, Hektish, which is Gavaldic, yeah, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing mius uh, about. Um, about hektish and people want to get close to kedusha, goes by rabbanon. The rabbanon had to make a gzera against using a flame because people are going to be excited to use the flame. They're going to want to use the flame, and once they come to use the flame, they may come to use the coals themselves. And therefore, the rabbanon made a gzera by hektish. Don't even use the flame. You might come to use the the you know might come to transgress. If desire, you could use the flame. Why? People aren't going to use the flame anyway. People stay anything I do with my desire, they will stay away from. Period. Two dots. We're now fourth wide line on Lamitessa Barama. Okay. We said in our mission. If you carry a coal to Rishus Arabim, you are Chayev. If you carry a flame, you are Potter. We said if you carry a flame, there is a transgression of Hitzah on Shabbos. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. Over there, you are carrying out with a piece of wood. Okay? And therefore, um, and therefore, when it's connected to some, something else that's considered carrying, it's going to be a transgression because you're carrying the flame along with the wood. But something that is not connected is, uh, is uh, going to be allowed. Says the Gemara, the tepuk lay mishum kesam. So why don't we say that the, in the Mishnah, why are we saying it's mutter to carry the flame? Why don't we say it's still forbidden because of the wood? So like we explained, that's what we discussed earlier when we read the Mishnah. And that is, you know where you're going to be putter when you carry a flame out to Rosh Hashanah? When the splinter, the small matchstick, we'll call it for our terms, the matchstick that, you're, that the flame is on is less than a shear. And therefore, there's no transgression of that. The only issue is going to be the fire. And, that, and that's not going to be a problem. The Tanan, because we know, we learned in the Mishnah, we're learning Mesach Shabbos together. A person who carries out wood, how much wood are you obligated for carrying to a Rosh Hashanah? It needs to be enough wood to cook an egg, right? If you remember the Gemara in Shabbos, taught us that the, uh, an egg that is the easiest and fastest to cook is the egg of a chicken, right? The ones that, that we eat. So as long as there's enough wood to make a fire, to cook a chicken egg for a short amount of time, that's going to be a transgression. Anything less than that is not a transgression. Hence, the Gemara is given a basic answer. Why are you not high for carrying the flame? Because it's not tangible. Aye, what about the matchstick that the flame is connected to? That's less than a shear. It's less than a forbidden measurement. And that's why... 
and that's why there's no iser. Abayi Amar Abayi says, I'll give you another option. Can go into Shaifim on a Mishcha that uh, we're talking about where the mana, the vessel, had was anointed with oil. The Islebe Nura. And the fire is going from the uh, the fire is going from the oil. Okay, so this is kind of what Rabbi Ravinsky was bringing up when we read the Mishnah, which is um, uh, which is the only time you're chayav for carrying is when the flame is mamish connected to a vessel. But on our Mishnah, we're dealing with a flame that's not connected to a vessel. The typical mishum mana. What about, it's, it's got to have something to do with a vessel. No, again, it's this little piece which can't do anything. There's going to be no transgression of carrying. What about the broken piece itself? Same back and forth, right? Small piece is either a small matchstick, a small piece of pottery. There's no transgression to carry these things outside. There's no chashivas to the item. And this is what the fire is burning on. So therefore, it's okay. It's not. We shouldn't say it's okay, but we say it doesn't have the iser. How much cheres, how much pottery are you obligated for carrying outside? It has to be enough to kind of stack up, um, uh, stack things up side by side and have some sort of use. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So the flame that's on the, the, the pottery is on pottery that's smaller than the required amount. Says but this time we learned in the Mishnah, shall have as potter Where are you going to say uh potter? Going to Yeah. What Rabbi Ravinsky said before? You have a flamethrower. Yeah. Somebody took a flame itself and threw it into a into a Rishus Harabim. Beautiful. Period. Bottom line is, you know, to explain our Mishnah. Bottom line. How are you ever going to have a case where you could separate the fire from the thing burning it? Whatever case you can imagine, right? Anytime. You're not going to be obligated on the, on the matchstick or any piece or whatever it's connected to. That's one option. Or you could say, you mamish, you just threw a flame. That's it. You threw a flame into it. It wasn't necessarily connected to anything. Gavaldik. All right, second Mishnah of today's daf. Var shal yachid hayachid. Somebody owns a well. The water in the well, it doesn't matter who takes it out, is going to be limited to the tchum of the owner. So, I own a well, you need water, you could take the water, but that water is limited to my tchum, not your tchum. Let's say it's a public well. It's a public well, it's not privately owned. So then it's going to be limited to 2,000 amas around the city. Okay? For the general... Um, for the general uh, population. Now, we're, let's just talk for a moment outside. Where would an individual's tchum be different than that? Answer is, if he makes an air of tchumen somewhere else, right? You can make an air of tchumen and move your tchum. So if the owner of the well made an air of tchumen, so then anybody who takes water from his well is going to be limited to his air but if it's a public Arab, then you know, it's automatically 2,000 amas 
um, around the sink. Okay. What about water taken from Eilei Bavel? All right, now Rashi explains, this mom is beautiful. Klaisol wanted to make it easy to make Aliyah. Okay? And they wanted that anybody who was moving from Bavel back to Eretz Yisrael should have access to water to be a more comfortable trip. So they, w- they created fresh water wells along the turnpike from uh, from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. It was meant for Klal Yisrael. So then the Tchum is going to be dependent on whoever lifted the water out. Okay? Very interesting. Meaning, this is a fascinating. If I privately own a well, the water is limited to my Tchum, no matter who draws it out. When it's a public well in a city, limited to the city's tchum. But when it's meant for individuals who are making aliyah and kind of made hefker for everybody, so then, depending on who takes it out of the well, that will determine the tchum of the water. Okay? If one guy shows up and his tchum is 2,000 amas to the east, that water from that well could move 2,000 amas to the east. Next guy showed up and his tchum for that Shabbos was 2,000 amas to, and Yom Tif was 2,000 amas. The water can move 2,000 amas to the west. Okay. Zok to Gemar. Rami laid Rabbi Lerav Nachman. Rabbi asked a challenging question to Rav Nachman. Rami actually means a contradiction. Okay? He says like this. Tanan. We said in the Mishnah, Bar when you take water from a private well, it's limited to the tchum of the private guy. I'll ask you contradiction. When you have moving water, these things are like the ragolim of everybody. So you see from over here that it, it, it just depends who's taking it out. It's not limited to the owner. And for the Gemara, the Gemara says, We're dealing with water that is not in motion. We're dealing with a, uh, um, st- st- what's, this, what's it called, Stag- st- uh, stagnant? No, it's not stagnant, because it could, yeah, stagnant. It's not in motion, right? The water comes up in the bottom, but it's not rushing, it's not flowing. And over here, and therefore, it takes on the tchum of the owner. The brysa, which was talking about running water, where there was a current, where the water was moving, that's where we say it depends who takes it out. The marnami. And we learned similarly, yeah. When it's mechunas, when the water already when the water already entered the well, that's when we say it takes on the tchum of the owner. But water that's constantly moving will agree has a different halach. Period. Those who come up from Babel and then have these draw water from these wells. What's the tchum of the water? Depends who lifts it out. Okay. Imar, we learned, a person lifted out the water from the well and gave it to his friend. Rav Nachman, Omar, Rav Nachman says, It doesn't make a difference who took it out. You know what matters? Who the intent, for who it was intended at the time you took it out. That's the tchum it takes on. No, doesn't matter. Who you intended, who, who 
when you drew the water, who it was intended for. What matters is the person who took the water out. Whoever took it out, it's his tchum. While Rav Nachman says, no, it's whoever it was taken out for. That's the tchum that it takes on. One man, the Omar holds that these virus of Vavel are Hefker. And if they're Hefker, it's whoever takes it out. That's it. Okay? Um, lost the place, I'm sorry. Umar Savar, Bira, Dishutafihu. And the other man, the Omar holds that no, these wells for the Aile Bavel are not considered Hefker. They're considered owned by Klal Yisrael. And therefore, if it's owned by partnership amongst Klal Yisrael, so when I take it out, I could do it for you. Okay? When I take out the water and I intend for this water to be for you, so now I'm your shliach. And I'm, what's a shliach? An extension of the person. It's as if you yourself filled it up and it takes on your tchum. Clear? Again, you have these, these wells for the Eilei Babel to make it easier for their trip. They're traveling to Eretz Yisrael. It's now Shabbos or Yom Tif and they need a pause. They're limited to tchum of 2,000 Amas. But you can make air of tchum. So I could have my tchum to the east. You could have your tchum to the west. We're both allowed to get the water from the well. If, I, if the well is considered hefker, if I draw out the water, it's automatically right then and there limited to my tchum. You cannot take it to the edge of your tchum, even if I wanted you to have the water. Limited to me. However, if it's considered owned by Kal Yisrael as partners, so now when I take it out, I can have in mind to be your shliach, to be your messenger, to be your agent. I'm really just an extension of you. And therefore, when I took it out, it never took on my tchum. It was taking on your tchum all along. So when I hand it to you, it keeps the tchum of the one who it was drawn for. Eser of Rav Nachman, asks a challenging question to Rav Nachman. Again, Rav Nachman holds that these wells are, are a partnership. And therefore, you're allowed to take out for somebody else, and it could take out, it takes on the tchum of the intended person. Hareini Allah Chirim. Somebody says, I am in Chirim as far as you're concerned. Meaning, you can't benefit from me at all. Hamoider Asr. The one who this was said about is forbidden to get benefit from the one who says it. So let's say, Let's say Yankel, give an example. Yankel says, I'm making a cherem that Beryl cannot benefit from me. You can't benefit from me. The halacha is, Beryl is not allowed to benefit from Yankel's property at all. Anything that Yankel has to do with, he just said Beryl's in cherem from anything he owns. Okay, let's keep going. We now turn to Omud Beis. If a person says, You are on me as a cherem, then hanaider oser. It's not that Beryl cannot get benefit from Yankel. Now, Yankel cannot benefit from Beryl. If Yankel says, You to Beryl, you are upon me a cherem, what Yankel's saying is, I cannot benefit from you anymore. Not that you can't benefit from me. I can't benefit from you. 
Harini Allah Ve'ata Alai. What if he says both? I am in Khairim for you and you're in Khairim for me. Shneyam Asurum Zebizah. Umutarim Bishalaili Baba. However, here's the here's the catch of the price. However, it is mutter for both of them to benefit from these wells of Ailay Bavel. Okay? So keep in mind what's gonna be that what's gonna be the question. You see that Ailay Bavel is not a partnership, because if it was a partnership, they should still have a problem from these wells, right? Let's keep going. Harabayas. Halishkais, Vazares, Ubarshalem, Sahaderech, a well in the middle of the road. Now, let's get to the question. You are going to tell me that these wells for the Ile Bavel are a partnership. Am I, Mutter? Why, if you say I am a Kherim on you and you're a Kherim on me, why are we both allowed to benefit? Well, tonight we learned in the Mishnah. If you have partners that take vows, I you're never getting benefit from me. I'm not getting benefit from you. They can't even go into each other's property. So over here, according to you, Rav Nachman, that it's a shutfis. Why is the brisa saying that they're both allowed to drink the water? They should be forbidden to drink the water. It must be that the wells of Babel are considered hefker, not a partnership. Is that, concept of what do you mean, Bittel? In other words, could their shutfus be such a small percentage of Gans Klaus or of Ole Babel that it snaps out like it doesn't exist? I hear what you're saying, but then here's the problem. Then you're not a shutif. Okay. I hear what you're saying. If you're going to say I don't own enough to be a shutif, say I'm not a shutif. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Says the Sazak Gemara. Emperor of Nachman, Lirchaid Babar Hakanami. He says, if we, they were using the well to take a bath, so then Taka is going to be usher for both of them. If somebody says, I'm a lie, and you're, I, I'm on you, and you're on me, so then whoever's usher in Cherim from this well, Taka cannot take a bath. However, here, what they want to do is, is remove the water from the well. Beautiful. Listen to this. Listen to this. If I'm Zakhtar Nachman, beautiful. If I'm going into the well to take a bath, into the spring, or we'll call it a well, stagnant water, right? So then, you're right. They both can't do it because they're partners. However, Zakhtar Nachman, like this. Partners are only forbidden to benefit from each other while there's a partnership. The moment they divide the property, it's not a partnership. So now this is mine, that's yours. So says of Nachman, over here in our Mishnah, you're not taking a bath, you're removing the water from the well. Well, if I'm a shutif and you're a shutif, if we're all partners, as soon as I lower my pail and take out the water, what am I showing? This is my water, not yours. Yesh Breira. Yeah, and as soon as you're removing your pail, you're saying this was my water all along, and not yours. Yesh Breira. Hence, that's why it's going to be mutter. According to Rav Nachman, the whole question again. Rav Nachman said that we're all partners, and therefore, um, and therefore, um, you are. Uh, um, uh, there, 
the, the wells of Babel is a partnership. And since it's a partnership, you're allowed to be a shliach for somebody else. Frek the Gemara, aye, but then why is it mutter? Why is it mutter? If, if when it comes to cheirem, if you say it's forbidden, teretz is, because if you hold yesh breira, you can say, listen, we were partners, but now as soon as I took the water out, as soon as it's drawn out, I'm showing what's mine, you're showing what's yours, hence, I'm not benefiting from you, you're not benefiting from me. The water I drew out was mine all along, the water you drew out was yours, we're just benefiting from ourselves, we're not benefiting from each other, and that's why it is allowed. Says the Gemara, whoa, whoa, whoa. For Rav Nachman to wiggle out with such a beautiful answer means he holds yesh breira, right? That afterwards, you could say retroactively, I'm showing what's mine and you're showing it's yours. But is that true? Rav Nachman, yesh breira, does Rav Nachman hold of yesh breira, but we learned in the Mishnah. We are brothers who are partners. Over here, we're dealing with a father who passed away and the estate is not yet divided. So the, the family owns this in a partnership. When they are obligated in Kolbein, so as long as the, the obligation of Kolbein is in place, there's a Petur of Meiser Behema. Okay? Sorry, I lost the place. And when they are Petur for Meiser Behema, that shows, that's going to show a chiyuv of kolbein. So over here, what's happening is, um, there was, if the, by, by the obligation to pay from machzis hashekel, right? the, when all, all of Klayosol paid the machzis hashekel, so um, the halacha is, each individual needs to pay a half shekel from their own personal funds. And if somebody does pay, we learned this. Um, we learned this earlier. If somebody does pay um, a full shekel for two people, let's say for partners, there's an added amount that needs to be given called a kolbein. All right. So over here, if there's ever a kolbein, that means that you have a partnership. If you have a partnership, that means there's no chiyuv of meiser because meiser only comes from the individual. Okay, oh, partners are not mechuyev in Meiser Behema because as the Pesach teaches us in Torah and we've learned previously, Meiser Behema is only by an individual's uh, by an individual's animals. So when you're chayev in Meiser that means that I'm individually owned, there's no additional kolbein that needs to be paid. When I'm potter in Meiser, that means it's partner owned and I would have to pay that added kolbein. V'yomarev anan and Rav Anon says, we're not by our question yet, let's keep reading, let's keep learning. V'yomar Rav Anon, and Rav Anon says, Lai shonu ela shachoku gedoyim keneged tloyim utloyim keneged gedoyim. Where do we say that uh, brothers are considered regular partners? That's when they tried taking miser, or, or they were splitting up the estate um, and, and separating the miser for the goats on the sheep and the sheep on the goats. Abachoku gedoyim keneged gedoyim. But if they were dividing the goats, Utlon can I get and the sheep separately? Aimer, so they should say, Zehu Shari That if you hold up Brera, you should say, Listen, what we're giving now is really what we wanted to give retroactively before we jointly owned the estate. Verav Nachman Amar, 
But Rav Nachman says about that, we'll call it kunz, about that, that uh, chap, even if you do your miser later on in that way, you can't go back and say, yes, that, oh, this was our original intent, and therefore we, uh, and therefore we, we wiggle out. So, according to what we said originally, Rab Nachman was of the opinion, yes, asks the Gemara, yes, as soon as they remove the water from the well. Now this is mine. That's yours. I'm allowed to benefit from mine. You could benefit from you. Yesh Breira. Ask the Gemara. But Rav Nachman doesn't hold of Yesh Breira, as is proven from the two brothers that, that inherit the, the, the father, and only later they're separating their, their miser. Rav Nachman says they cannot start talking retroactively about what their original intent was. You don't say Yesh Breira. And for the Gemara, last step for today. We're, we're backing off from what we said. Originally we said that the wells of Eilei Bavel, Rav Sheshes said they were Hefker and therefore you can't draw it out for somebody else. Rav Nachman said it's partnership so you could and it takes on the tchum of who you intended. We try saying the difference is whether you're it's ownerless or a shutfus. Says Gemara, no. Everybody agrees the wells of Bavel are hefker. But here the machlekes is about magbia metzia lechaver. Okay, when somebody picks up a lost object for somebody else. So listen to this. I uh, you, you see a lost object. You're riding on a horse. You see me walking. You're like, hey, Tendler, could you pick that up for me, please? I say, sure, I pick it up. My intention was for it to go to you. That was my intent when I picked it up. But who owner, who, who Misa owns it? Mar Sobar Kone. One man the Yomar holds that, that uh, as soon as it's picked up, it's acquired. Okay, now, if you ask me to pick it up, just because you saw it, does that make it yours? Does seeing something create ownership? Not unless you're a kid in a house full of kids. If you're a kid in a house full of kids and you call something, apparently it's yours. Right? I called that seat. Yeah? Right? I called, I'm sitting by the window. Apparently, I don't know. In kids' world, calling something something makes it yours somehow, but not in halacha. Yeah? Just because you say, I said first, that's right. Picking it up, doing a kinin hagba, is that pesazach. So if you ask me, you find uh, tell me, could you pick up the, the ball for me? I pick up the ball. Says Rav Sheshes, I am the one who picked it up. Memela, it's mine. Okay? Now, if you follow that halacha by lost objects, let's think about that vis-a-vis the wells of Bavel. The wells of Bavel are hefker. You ask me to draw water for you. I take the water out of the well and give it to you. Whose tchum should it take on, according to Rav Sheshes? Me! Because as soon as I picked it up out of the well, I made an acquisition... Very nice, I'm giving it over to you, but it's limited to my ownership. That's Rav Sheshis' view. 
Umar Sabar Laikana. Or Rav Nachman holds that just because I pick it up, you also, it's not enough to pick it up. You also need to have the intent. I need to have the intent of owning it. So if I pick up an object with the intent of giving it to you, it never became mine if I never intended to own it either. Hence, what's Rav Nachman's opinion when it comes to the wells of Babel? You ask me to draw the water. I draw the water. I give it to you. Did I ever get ownership? When my intent was for you to have it the whole time? No. Since I never took ownership, you now have it. Who's the owner? You. Therefore, it has your tchum and not my tchum. That's going to be Rav Sheshesh's opinion. And, and, and in other words, everybody's in agreement that it's Hefker. So what's the Machlaikas? Machlaikas is the first one to draw it out with the intent to give it to the second one. Is he kind it right away? And therefore it takes on his tchum? Or do we say no? Since he never intended it to be for himself, it could still take on the tchum of the one who wanted the water. Kabbalah will pick up from the Mishnah of Bez Hashem tomorrow at 9.30.